The NBA draft is one week away. And here on the Blazer Focus podcast, we are going to talk extensively about how they're going to trade that pick because <laughs> <laughs> myself, Aaron Finchers, and my co-host, Craig Birdbach, both believe that that player taking at number seven will never, ever set foot in the Blazers practice facility. Again, they probably already have because they worked out for the team. As a matter of fact, seven of the 20 players invited to the NBA draft next Thursday, June 23rd, have paid a visit to the training facility in Tualatin. But before we get to the draft prospects, before we get to our mock drafts and predictions as to what's going to happen in said draft, we're going to skip straight to the idea that the Blazers are going to trade this pick because that's what we believe, that's what most people believe, and that's what most fans hope for because I don't think anyone wants a 19-year-old kid coming in here and trying to help Damian Lillard win. That does the Blazers no good, I don't believe, for now. In the future, maybe, but not now. So let's cut to the chase. Craig, Yeah. the biggest names out there. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through each one and talk about like, don't like, but the five names... Linked to the Blazers the most have been John Collins for Atlanta, Jeremy Grant for Detroit, OG Ananubi forward for Toronto, Zach Levine guard for my Bulls, and Bradley Beal guard for Washington. Let's start with Collins. I think we both agree that that would be the dream scenario, correct? Yeah. I mean, that's just what, I mean, that's plug and play, right? I mean, that's what you need. <laughs> the, the hole is there. He would fill it. Um, potential upside is there. Um, he does everything that is on the Blazers wish list for this team right now that consists of two scoring guards, um, and is soft as heck kind of in the middle right now and doesn't have, uh, I mean, he could score, he could play defense, uh, against multiple players, the right age, the right experience. Uh, and still with upside there. So, um, yeah, I think that's, you know, the seventh pick, done. Like, you know, done. Like, how how fast can I say yes to that? Um, and I have more belief after the, you know, some of the deals that went down uh, recently that that could actually, you know, that there's a potential that this deal could happen. But, yeah, to me, no-brainer. John Collins, do, do what you got to do uh, to get him in a Blazers uniform. So last year, there was a rumor during the season um, that Atlanta was going to make Collins available because they weren't sure they wanted to extend him, which they ended up doing in August. Five years, 125, I think it was what it was. And <clears throat> I kind of retweeted that news report with eyeballs or something about he could be a great fit for the Blazers. Someone asked me, who would you trade? And I typed Nurkic and um, Trent question mark. Now I've discovered that a lot of Blazers fans don't understand what a question mark means because it's just it's just a, like it's literally just like it's a suggestion. It's not like definitively that I would do this. And you can't uh, make the question. deal. You are aware, right? That right, you exactly. can't make the deal. Exactly. I got completely hammered by fans. Like it got bad. Like people were telling me, literally, I should be fired. How do I have this job? You're an embarrassment. And I'm just like, what the hell are you people talking about? And so I responded, I'm like, I don't even think Atlanta would do this deal. Like I, I and I didn't and I don't like I don't think they would have done that deal. Well, especially with would, Trent's you know contract coming up, you know. That, well, yeah, that and that was part of the thing. You're going to lose yeah. Trent. You're not going to bring back Trent anyway, probably. So, 
And it, and, and what did you feel about Nurkic at the point at that point? Because he'd been hurt so much. Like, so I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, I could say, see if people were saying, no, we wouldn't do that. But to act like I was just like, I should be my classic line I always go to is that I should be working for Food Day. Is there still a Food Day section, Andrew? I don't even know if there is at the Oregon anymore. But anyway, so here we are a year later, and John Collins is like potentially literally in play for the Blazers. And what I love about him and loved about him then is that offensively, he gives you, I mean, everything you want. Like the guy has already gone one year, he was 58% from the field and 40% on threes. Now, he only took one 3.6. Even since then, he's been 40 again or 39.9. And then this past year at 36.4. Now, injuries, you got to wonder about because he only played 41 games two seasons ago. Last season, he missed uh, nine. And this season, he just missed uh, 28. So he has had some injury issues. But this guy's been 20 and 10 with the percentages I just gave you. Um, he's a very versatile, athletic guy around the basket as well. Defensively, he's average at best right now, but he could potentially grow in that area, especially if he plays on a team that actually cares about defense. His defensive ratings aren't that good, but he kind of plays for a team that, you know, they're okay on defense, I guess, but not great. Uh, so hopefully he improves, improves there for you. But to me, like you mentioned already the age factor. Like he's tw- he's going to be 25 in September. So like for me, it's like, okay, so you're getting a guy who's already pretty darn good. He's a veteran. He's already played five years. So he should know how to play the NBA game. So you get a veteran guy at the four because you want an adult. You don't want a 19-year-old kid if you're trying to make a run to the playoffs next year and keep Dame interested and happy in Portland. But he's still young enough to where in three years when probably Dame exits his prime, if not in two years, but in three years when Dame enters a season at 35, and he's going to end that season at 36, Collins is still only 28, just entering his prime, which means you, you have him matching up timeline-wise with both Lillard and Simons. It's just perfect. And also he has already played on a team with you know, we're guard first, you know, guard point first. guard, right. you know, a point guard who who's uh, score first point guard, which he doesn't and, like. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, who would? But I mean, he has found his way to still average, you know, nineteen, twenty-one, seventeen, sixteen points a game when you're not the primary, you know, guy on offense. So right, because his percentage you know, are so high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why he, you know he shoots fifty-six percent for his career, and right. and uh, it's interesting because you know my brain is still. You know, moving to try to figure out what does the Chauncey Billups led offense look like, right? So in the past, mm-hmm. if this guy were coming here, my instinct would be say, plus, you know, he'll be able to shoot the three a lot more under Terry Stotts, right? You know, like under Terry right. Stotts, it made even more more sense. Uh, but you got to kind of trust that Chauncey's going to, you know, figure out the system. Uh, but I think that would be some of it, you know, where he would, you'd want him happy. Um, and yeah, he's not thrilled with the fact that he doesn't get the ball much and he would be coming to a place where it'd be similar. Well, I see, I see, I don't think it would be because Damien's an adult. Trey's still young and trying to feel his way and he's got all this green light. I think Damien's more than willing to give up the ball yeah, to I guess an we'll Apple see. score than Trey. And they showed last year that they don't want to be guard ball dominant. They want Damien movement. They want the ball moving. If Damien's going to come down and jack up a three, They want him to do that with five seconds in the shot clock, not 19. So their whole goal, and early on, you know, people were talking about how was Dame being impacted by 
uh, the ball right, movement. He was struggling. We don't down, know. His assists went up. Well, I'm, I'm not about the yeah. percentage. I'm talking about yep. just his shot total, shots number, shot numbers were coming down, but his assists went up because he was giving up the ball and moving around more, and they were spreading it around more. So if that's still the goal, which I believe it is, then Collins is going to get plenty of looks. And I still and I believe Dame is so smart as a player that yeah, if if I'm on a team where no one else can hit a basket, I'm shooting. I'm scoring 55 against Denver, right? But if I'm going to get in a game where other people are hitting, I'm willing to give up the rock. So I think Collins will find more shots here than he had in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, look, that's fine. I I still we still don't know what the the situation with Dame was, was it all based on the fact that it was a new offense or that he couldn't move two inches to the left or right without <laughs> his insides exploding in pain? So, I mean, you know, I, I, Ouch, I, I don't know. It sounds so painful. Oh God. You, have you, you have researched the injury, right? You oh know, yeah, I did. It, was it is. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm interested in that, but I do agree that um, he would trust Damien Lillard to, to change his game a little bit because if Damon's not willing to do that with more talent, then his goals of winning a championship uh, are, are going to be tough to get to. So um, yeah, all those things are ridiculous that we're even discussing, like whatever, come here, John Collins and the Blazers <laughs> would instantly be a better, a better team. Um, if you didn't have to give up, if you resign Simons and you resign Nurkic, right? I mean, then yeah. that's a, a very, you're really then trying to figure out one position and you have players on your team that could fill that, uh, but you'd have four above average starters, three of them, um, you know, one, one definite all-star, two with upside um, potential and Nurkic that you just hope is, is the best Nurkic you can get, which is a, a really, really solid center in the NBA when healthy. Right. So yes, exactly. I think, I think it's clear if the Blazers can get Collins, um, without giving up Simons, right? Then, no, no, then you yeah. do it. So the next two on the list would be Grant and Ananubi. Now, I'm kind of partial to Grant. I don't know why. Maybe it's because yeah, I've been I'm talking about him so long. But I know a lot of people like OG better. OG does offer you better shooting, although I think Grant's shooting numbers went down in part because he's not a focal point of an offense. He was with bad Detroit. With good Denver, his shooting percentages were much better. Here in Portland, he would be a third or fourth option, so he wouldn't have the pressure of trying to create shots that aren't necessarily there. I think most of the shots he would take would be shots that were set up for him to have success with. Uh, but, you know, you know, OG, obviously... You know, on paper, gives you maybe more versatility because I mean Grant can play the three as well, but I don't know if I want Grant starting at the three. Was OG could and maybe OG can start the four. I don't know, but either way, he's a better shooter and he's a better defender. That's the biggest thing. I think he's already a better defender. So uh, I guess I can flip a coin on those two. Who do you like best? So I am still looking at potential, right? You know, and to me, twenty a twenty four year old. You know, OG with what he did last year makes me think there's more there, right? And I'm kind of convinced that Grant right. is gr what he is, which is really you know great. He almost almost 20 points a game, um, plays hard both ends of the floor, uh, but I I just you know six seven two thirty something, 24 years old, definitely can shoot, definitely a small forward, but in the in the modern NBA. He's the right size and ability to guard multiple positions. Um, and I just think that, you know, there's there's potential there. He's grown every year, you know, since he got in the league. Obviously, uh, didn't 
you know, played a lot right off the bat, you know, but his, his minutes um, in his first four years were right, you know, 20 to 33 minutes. And he went from six points to 16 points. And then last year in a role where he started all 48 games and he played 36 minutes, he averaged 17 points a game, you know, like, so there's potential there that it looks like he'll average 19 next year, you know, and, and maybe more. Um, so in that, that regard, I like OG better. Um, I think Grant's probably the easier to understand what you're going to get going in, right? Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd be more excited about an OG on this team. Uh, but I wouldn't. And also, you know, Grant's about you're going to have to pay Grant, you know, a lot, a lot of money. Um, Four years, one eleven, and that to whereas, me is where I, OG's already locked in for a few more years. So I don't love that, you know. I I, <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I think he. It, I think he could be worth. He could be worth that money. I'm not saying he's not. He's earned that with his play. Uh, but to me, like, if he plays up to his potential, he earns that money. And if he plays below, gets at all, or doesn't fit, now you got a contract that that's taking up space for a guy that's you know not giving you what you want. Uh, so that's the other wa- reason why is because of the the contract situation. So if you ask me which one I'd want, I'd want OG uh, because I always have dreams of guys transforming from the 17 points a game to the 22 and eight and being a you know borderline all star and talking about most you know like wow and he's only he's only 25 you know so right. um, but I you know that's probably why it, it it's going to be harder to get him. You know, that's going to – I don't know what it takes to get him from from the Raptors uh, because his contract is uh, much more manageable by uh, many more teams and where he is age-wise. The next two that have been out there, and I just think these are just frivolous, nonsensical things that don't make much sense to me, but Zach Levine and Bradley Beal. Let's start with Zach Zach Levine. I'm a Bulls fan, so I'm kind of like frightened at the idea that he would be leaving the Bulls, but – if I'm getting ant, I'm all over it because <laughs> we all know I'm an ant stand. Yeah. Uh, if I'm the Blazers, I'm not giving up ant in any deal for Zach Levine. So what what was scaring me is that he is due a five year, two hundred million dollar extension, uh, which if there's a sign and trade, that's what he could get with the Blazers. So now you're paying another guard an average of forty million a year to go along with Dame's forty plus million, which is going to grow to fifty, uh, especially if he gets that extension. So at some point, you're going to be paying those two guys a combined $95 million. And offensively, it's going to be spectacular. Defensively, not so much. Uh, So for me, if the first three players fall through, then I would consider doing Levine just because you add another all-star and then you try and figure things out later. But you're also going to re-sign Simons at around maybe 18 to 20. So now you're paying three guards, 110, 115, and it's just like, what do you do with the rest of your roster? Is that a recipe for success? To me, it's a recipe for a lot of fun. <laughs> Those three together uh, would score a ton of points. It'd be a lot of fun to watch. It's three guys who can all shoot the three at a high level, and they all can create their own shot. But defensively, they're all not very good, although I think Ant has some upside there. Uh, so you know, then it depends. What do you do with the mid-level exception to maybe get uh, a four? Or maybe you can somehow trade... Um, those two first round picks in 24, 25 to get someone else or, you know, who knows what ends up being the situation. 
I am not giving up the seventh pick in a Zach Levine deal because I mean, I might give up, you know, a future pick, the Bucks pick or what have you, and something else. And you can use the, uh, <clears throat> the, um, oh, Bledsoe contract, the Bledsoe contract. You wouldn't do the seven pick for Zach Levine straight up? I know. I'd rather. Oh, you're crazy. No. You're crazy. The, the, you're crazy. Okay. Just listen, 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 listen. If he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Right. So the only reason I'm doing a sign and trade is so that he gets the max five years, $200 million. Okay. Right. So that's the only reason I'm doing that. The only reason why the Bulls are doing a sign and trade is just to get something for him. But I'm not giving them the seventh pick just so they can get something. And I'm paying the guy $40 million, And he doesn't necessarily fit. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I wouldn't do that. So, you know, I love Ant. I don't love Ant as much as you do. And what I love is a 27-year-old all-star that, you know, averages basically 25 a game and um, is right there now. I don't have to hope um, that he's going to be – look – as much as you love Ant and as much as Ant showed last year and a little bit before that, we still do not know what he's like on a good team. And we do not know if he's going to rise to the all-star level. Um, and Zach Levine is um, fantastic. I mean, he's a fantastic player. And no, he doesn't play defense, but most of the fantastic players in the NBA don't. You know, that's just the way it is. So um, I would I – would, I would go I, if I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that um, the Bulls will. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Bulls wouldn't just give him up for the seven pick. Um, I can't imagine that. That's like to me Again, a little bit unheard unre- of. He's an unrestricted I know, free agent. But they so can, they're, they're, you know, there's no giving up. He can leave. He can walk. The Bulls are going to take whatever they can get. They're not in control. Right, but but I but you're so that trade can't happen. But I'm just saying, like it would be part of a sign and trade. So if I'm doing a sign uh, trade for Zach Levine, I'm not giving up the seventh pick. Yeah, I, I, I am because he's redundant. He's redundant. Yeah, I don't care. He's not redundant because he's better. He's redundant. He's better. So, okay, he's so, not redundant. Okay. He's better. That's okay, like so saying Damian Lillard and Simons are redundant. So trade Simons. So let's talk about this. Who's better? Now we can argue but that wait, Zach look, Levine is better right now. But you can't Zach, argue it. You can't on, argue me, the other way. Finish. Let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. Zach Levine at 22 was not better than what we saw from Ant those past two years. Ant's upside is literally, as far as I'm concerned, Zach Levine. Like that's his upside. There's there's okay. nothing Levine does that Ant didn't show he could do. As a matter of fact, if anything, Ant showed he can be a way better playmaker than Levine. Now here's the thing about Levine. I just experienced this with the Bulls. They had a very good season. Levine and DeRozan were spectacular against bad teams. Their record against good teams was abysmal. And they got boat raced by Milwaukee because those two can't play defense. So as spectacular as he is, he's a complete liability on defense. He disappeared in the playoffs because he can be had offensively by a good defensive team at a playoff level who's who's focusing in on you for seven games. So that's why, yeah, during the regular season, he's going to be spectacular. He and Dame and Ant are going to put up crazy numbers. It's going to be awesome. But am I paying, if I'm paying $40 million and giving up the seventh pick for what I know is going to happen in the end, and that's he's not going to be a winning player for me as he just showed with Chicago? So, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. To me, Ant is going to be 
as good as Levine and not cost me $40 million or the seventh pick. And then my third guard is Josh Hart, who's a better defender than both. I'd rather my I'd rather have the seventh pick, Ant playing the two, and Hart being the backup two, than not have the seventh pick, pay Le- Zach Levine $40 million, start him, and have Ant come off the bench at $20 million. That makes no sense to me. So, you know... In, in neither sc- in, 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 in neither scenario are you having a great year in the postseason. <laughs> so your expectation that somehow Simons is going to be a great postseason player there, you know, I have zero idea. No, 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 but no, we, no, we no, no, We don't even no, know no, if he's a good player in a comp- no, no, as no, a starter on a competitive but regular season. Okay, but you're forgetting one other variable. If I don't give up the seventh pick and I don't pay forty million dollars for Zach. And I believe I'm going to get the same offensive production from the combination of Ant and Hart and some defense from Hart. I'm going out and I'm getting other players who better fit the backcourt of Dame, Ant, and Hart because I'm getting defensive-minded players at the four and maybe at a backup three, which is exactly what this team doesn't have or didn't have behind the combination of Dame, McCollum, Powell, and Ant. I don't want to have a bunch of guards who can score and can't play defense. I'm paying them all the money. That's exactly what they just got out of. I don't want to do that again with Zach Levine. It makes no sense because you're, you're, you have no chance to do anything. If you give up the seventh pick, you can't then trade the seventh pick for Grant or for Collins. So in that, so now you're, you're, you're doing a little twist here. You're, no. you're saying it's, it, no, no, what I'm saying to the question, you're saying that um, you're putting an or in there, like you, Zach Levine or... Um, well, if you're giving up the seventh pick, it is an or. Because that seventh pick is something you can... We just talked about they might have to trade for a No, no, but score. I'm saying like you, your original part, and I'm not, I'm not mad at you here, but you originally said if you can't get Collins or OG or um, Grant, would, would you get uh, Zach Levine? And that's where I was for, at. But not for the seventh pick. Yeah, I, you know, I my look, I'm just so bored with this team at times. <laughs> Where honestly, I just don't want to go into the. You're saying like, which team would I be more excited about watching? A team that had Zach, Levine, you know, Levine, uh, Simons, and uh, Damian in the starting lineup, along with, you know, uh, Nurkic and, and I don't know who's going to play the four, or one that has, you know, Grant, Simons, you know, Hart. And Lillard, I want that the Zach team, Levine. That, that team I want the Zach Levine. That, that yeah, I don't care. I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so. Absolutely. I don't absolutely. think so. You're like downplaying a guy who averaged 27.4 points a game and who is also okay. six foot five, not six foot three. So while, well, don't get me wrong, it's not ideal to have him play the three, but it's not like he can't in this league. Um, I, I'm just, I, to me, you can't downplay. Who's been begging for so long to get a second All Star? Your your hope is that you can find a second all-star somewhere else, and Zach Levine is a second all-star. So that's what I'm going with. And I, do I think that team wins a championship? No, but I don't think the team you describe wins a championship either. And I'd like I'd rather win, you know, I'd rather have a more exciting 82 games and still be out in the first or second round, no matter what. Uh, so uh, you know, neither one of you know the John Collins situation to me is different. I mean that that I think you get John Collins and you have Damian and you have Simons and you have Hart and you build maybe you bring in you know something else there. Like oh okay, this team could defend a you know might be able to do some stuff if the right things break their way. I think you have Zach, you know Levine on your. T- I mean he's. You just can't poo-poo 
all-stars and say, I'm not. I know. I know what you're cool. saying. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's fun. I don't want the Bulls to give him up. But what yeah. I'm saying is that I'm not doing it for the seventh pick because now I can't get a legit four to go along with it. And also, I'm, I'm, in all seriousness, the Blazers would not, as far as I'm concerned, have to give up the seventh pick for Levine. I just don't think. Okay. They well, then. I- then, then I'm, I'm just down for getting an all star and then figuring it out because I'm so sick of they can't get another all star. Like, just get me another all star and then figure it out. You only have to play five guys at a time, and if two of them are all stars, you're in a good place. And if you know what I'm saying, like, so you're not giving up everyone else. I mean, are you? We just this uh, is my yes. thing that we just saw it with the Bulls though. The Bulls had two all stars. DeRozan was an MVP candidate playing with, and they're both 6'5 and 6'6, six, six, and they played together and they were amazing, spectacular on offense. But on defense, they got torched and they couldn't beat winning teams. Their, their record against winning teams, I think they were like 3 and 24 or something like that. Like it was horrible. That's, that's why I'm down on the idea of paying $110 million to three guards. You can only score so many points. And, and, and is Levine going to still score 25, playing along Dame scoring 28 and Simon scoring 18 or 20? Probably not. His point scoring is going to go down. Shots are going to go down playing with those two. So you're going to be paying $40 million a year with guys taking less shots. He took fewer shots last year playing with DeRozan. And they won 46 games. You know, I'm just saying, like, they're, they're, we're not. The Blazers I, won 42 two years ago out of 72. Without yeah. with, CJ, with CJ and Nurk missing 60 games. So the Blazers, I mean, they can get to that 46 yes. win mark, but do so with better players at the four and and, but, and have actually some defense than just adding another score to the backcourt when you got three. I, look, I just say once again, <laughs> I don't think either thing, any scenario you've we've I don't think we have a scenario <laughs> right now that gets the Blazers to the uh, NBA finals. No, and we'll so, talk about that again. Right. So, like, to I, me, I, I that's another win 46 that. games again. I was never – look, I was not the guy that said before – look, I thought CJ should have been – I wouldn't – my thing with CJ is don't give him the contract. That was my thing from the beginning. Don't give him the contract. So, not, he earned it. Fine, whatever. I just was like, there's Lou Williams is scoring. When they gave him the contract, I'm like, Lou Williams is scoring the same amount of points as CJ in this league, and he gets paid 11 mil. You know – I as much as I love CJ, I think he's a you know he he's there's nothing that I don't like about CJ McCollum except thirty plus million dollars on a team that you're already paying a guy thirty plus million dollars to play you know in the backcourt. So, um, so, but I wasn't a guy that thought that you traded CJ CJ McCollum. So then I thought if you traded CJ McCollum for a forward, you had a chance to build around that team that was winning forty five games a year and and maybe get lucky and and do what you did the one time which got you to the you know the you got to the west coast finals like western conference finals so i'm cool with that like that's what i want i think zach he's a good player i i don't know if it's going to come around but I don't poo-poo any opportunity for the Blazers to get another all-star. And I almost don't, as long as it's not a point guard, I don't care what position it is. <laughs> that's, that's just, you know. The only thing we really disagree on here is whether or not you would include the seventh pick. You say you would. I say I would not. So now let's go to Bradley Beal. Bradley oh, Beal is, to me I mean, is absurd. It's absurd. absurd. No, no, you're, okay. okay, so you yeah. agree. We agree on this, right? Well, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, what, you, what is, <laughs> he's what is this? Even, he's an all-star who scored 30 I, points a game one year. You just said, I'd rather have an all-star and be excited. And score but he's not. No. That's, that's He's like, going to be doing an extension five years to 50. Yeah, and no. Starting next no, year. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not, the, you know, it's not the same. And you know it's not the and same. He, and he's old. And he's older. 
No, I agree. He's not yeah, and, 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 he, yeah. And, and he, you know, he's he's a small 6'4". You know, he's closer to a point guard than he is a three. And and Levine's closer to a three than he is a point guard. No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not even considering this. And, you know, he he did not uh, play a lot. So there's that too, you know. Well, no, so, no so here's the thing. So I think the best case scenario here is that they can get Levine without giving the seventh pick and then trade the seventh pick for Grant or Ananubi. And then yeah. now, now Boom, you look, now we're you good. Look, you look pretty good. I love good. that. You look pretty good. You're, you're, you're backcourt heavy monetarily, but – Whatever. You're, you're, that, that would be a huge offseason for this franchise. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. And I give up Nasir to, to the Blazers. Excuse me, to the Bulls. Heck, I would do that. Of because, course. You know, you could – you're going to have to give the Bulls something. And I think the Bulls would like Nasir because he plays defense and they need guys who can play defense. Um, anyway, the Bulls are going to resign Zach, so it's not going to happen. It's all for, but, it's all so for now, nothing. So now, <laughs> uh, now one thing about the championship thing, I always see people are like, anytime you talk about any of these scenarios, people are like, this is not going to get us close to a championship. It's not going to get us close to a championship. People need to stop. Stop. I, I think you should stop talking about the Blazers and championship. Like, you can have the fantasy, I guess, and no, oh, maybe we have a puncher's chance. The only moves the Blazers can make this offseason and become a true contender is to get a healthy Anthony Davis somehow or get Kevin Durant to say, I want out of Brooklyn and come here. Or Jimmy Butler comes here. He's not. That's not going to happen. So I only bring up Davis. Le- LeBron. And, and LeBron. Durant. And LeBron. LeBron. I've mentioned that before. <laughs> LeBron. Right. So those three players, you could think in your mind it's possible – that their franchises could be willing to move them or they might be willing to, to leave. And then they, they would be smart enough to say, hey, I can go play with Damian Lillard and I have a chance to win a championship. If you're not getting a, a player of that caliber, there's nothing you're really going to be able to do to actually become a true contender. Like It's just too difficult of a needle to thread without another major star. And Zach Levine is not a major star. We just talked about his liabilities on defense. They're going to kill you. You're not going to contend with him and Damian Lillard in the backcourt unless you just have an amazing frontcourt defensively, which they're probably not going to be able to put together. So just stop with the like, well, this doesn't get us to a championship. I don't like that deal because it doesn't get us to a championship. Well, then you're not going to make a deal. You're not going to make a deal. Just suck every year. Just trade Damian. Suck. Try and get as many lottery picks as you can in the next three years and hope you hit on somebody, which was the plan that Philadelphia executed. And they hit on one guy, thought they hit on the second guy, and now that guy's gone because of you know all the, the, the um, controversy that went on there. So to me, it's not about trying to win a championship in the next two years. It's trying to give yourself a puncher's chance to be a threat and hope that maybe you can make it happen if a lot of things fall your way. But unless you're getting Durant or someone like that, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I went under, that's why I want to. I want to take the win forty six game scenario. Be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, like the Bulls, like you, you know, you poo pooed it, but as a Knicks fan, it's like you won forty six games. Like that's a long season where you were you were mostly happy. You know, like that's a you know I mean, stinking. You you know you've the Bulls have stunk a little bit. You know, in time stunk so, a lot of it. I think that was the first time they made playoffs in seven years. They stunk a lot. I'm saying like that's not you poo poo it, but you you I don't. You I, know, I I like the fact that if I can root for a team in a long, like right now as a Yankees fan, of course, titles, all that matters when you're a Yankee fan. And I'll admit that in the end, but watching them win a bunch of games, I'm enjoying wanting to watch the Yankees. Like you didn't want to watch the Blazers last year. Uh, For most of my life, you haven't want to watch the Knicks. So um, I'm just, so the scenario of getting, having two all-stars on a team is why I say that, but we're all, we're both in agreement on that. The whole key is to give you, get yourself to a place where you're good and then maybe even very good. And then if the right things happen or that's when the 
the all the one guy decides he could be the you know the the that piece. The thing with Damien is his window is three years, so you got to you got to you got to start moving in that direction. So that's what the hope is, because as of right now, like as we talk right now, you know, of course nothing's happened, but they're not there. So in the next few weeks, we hope that uh, there'll be something there, and that's why draft night's exciting. Okay, so let's say the unthinkable happens and the Blazers cannot make a deal with that seventh pick. They're just going to have to keep it. Uh, let's uh, run through sort of our, our mock drafts and where we think, who we think the Blazers are going to end up getting. You go first. So I just want to start by saying uh, Aaron Fentress uh, gave me and Thien, uh homework to do our, our mock drafts. Say, do a mock draft. Top I've 10 always mock wanted drafts. to be a school marm. So. so- so I'm just saying like, and I'm the only one, like we work in a uh, Google doc. I'm the only one that actually put my homework, handed it in. So like right now there's Aaron who, who, you know, said to do it. I have no proof that he's done it. And uh, Thien who complained about it the entire time, like that, that he couldn't I'm cut, you know, copy and paste. I spend 60 seconds doing mock draft. I have to, so I have to do all this stuff. Hey, no half measures, man. I, I take everything seriously. <laughs> I don't mail it in. <laughs> so anyway, so that's where okay. we're at. I'm the only one. Okay. Like three people right now can look at right my here. mock draft. Yeah, but it's not in the thing. I have no proof. I don't know what you picked. Like I've actually put myself out there. I was like, here, here's my garbage. I know this is wrong, but I tried. And now you guys could just pivot and be like, oh, that was stupid what Craig did. I had that too, but I'm going to move it. So I'm just saying, I'm a little little bitter about it. But here we go. I think, let's be honest. Let's go top three. Does anyone have anything different than uh, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and Paolo Banchero? No. No. Right? It's over. So that's it. Those three are done. Um, I personally would like the Blazers to get Banchero and and trade up. That's never going to happen. So... um, Four is where things get uh, get interesting because that's where you have certain players saying they don't want to play for the Kings already, and uh, that to me is uh, uh, is funny. It's funny, uh, but I have I have Jaden Ivy uh, guard out of Purdue going to the Kings. Okay, I you know I are you guys there with me or do you have something different? I, I think he's top four for sure. Yeah, yeah, I have him as well. They they're just going to draft guards. Forever, just just I go think. just go through just go through yours and get okay. So I want to make it clear that I did uh, ten picks, but I skipped the tenth pick and had the and included the Knicks who pick eleventh. And also, what I did here, in my picking for the Blazers and the Knicks is kind of best case scenario. Uh, uh, I love Benedict Mathurin from Arizona uh, a lot. Some, he goes everywhere from top five to top fifteen. Um, I love his size at 6'6". I, I love his athleticism. I love that I don't know if he plays the one, the two, or the three. Um, so I'm I'm hoping the Pistons take him at five because that'll help the Blazers scenario. Um, at six, I, I have the Pacers doing something they're not going to do because they're going to take <laughs> the guy that I say seven. But I pick the next best thing if you're you know I think they would love to have a you know a, a forward uh, at that position. So I gave them AJ Griffin, really good shooter. Played at Duke. Uh, um, so, you know, he's a lottery pick. Uh, and that's because I want uh, the scenario, if the Blazers do pick uh, at seven, I think the best case scenario for where they are with um, this team and Damian Lillard is for them to be able to pick Keegan Murray, who uh, is, a you know, he is uh, he's over 21. He's an adult. Uh, he 
is a a forward exactly where they need you know the kind of forward they need a guy that uh, can probably guard at the three and the four um can shoot um can rebound blocked almost two shots a game uh for Iowa um so that's why I have him there now do I think he's going to make it to 7 Probably not, but we're already in a scenario where I do not think they're going to make the pick, so why not continue the fantasy, right? That's where I went with. Um, and from there, I, I went with uh, Dyson Daniels for the, the Pelicans. Uh, the thing with the Pelicans now is they don't they can draft any position because they have like four legit starters, uh, thanks to the trades. Uh, and, and they have two draft, you know, and they, you know, they have draft picks. So they have the luxury just to take a swing and why not take a guy that has shown some real upside athletically in the G League. Um, Spurs, I have them taking uh, Shaden Sharp just because most uh, mock drafts said that. And then I skipped 10 and went to 11 because the Knicks need a point guard uh, so badly for the last 20 years <laughs> that I have them picking Johnny Davis from Wisconsin because I think he's the uh, I think he's the best point guard and the most ready to uh, you know probably start right off the bat on a team that I hope is a playoff team. So uh, that's my embarrassment. Of my of my of my mock draft, I would appreciate if that there was some applause here. Oh. Great job! Something. I mean, you you kind of you did the fantasy and not the truly what you thought, but I'll I'll allow it. It will cost you half a grade, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew. All right. Well, so I'll just pick it up at four. Jaden Ivy, we already talked about. Um, and then at five, I think Detroit takes the the best player on the board, and that's Keegan Murray. At six, I have uh, Indiana uh, taking a swing for Shaden Sharp, um, because why not? That team needs a lot of stuff. Uh, at seven, I have the Blazers taking Dyson Daniels, because okay. I think uh, he strikes me as a, a guy who would fit very well here culturally he seems like an interesting dude he uh secondary ball handler he's very tall um so i would be fine with that if that scenario ended up happening but we've already set the stage that he's probably going that pick's going bye-bye most likely um and then i've got the pelicans they need more shooting aj griffin um the dookie who is potentially going to be injury prone who knows? Uh, I I said this in our message. I would be terrified if the Blazers drafted AJ Griffin um, because of I think it was two significant injuries. So um, that scares me. At nine, I've got the Spurs. Um, this might not make the most sense, but I think you know they would just jump at the chance to get Benedict Matherin. And then at ten, the thoroughly irrelevant Washington Wizards picking a player who I don't know that he's probably four years away from being four years away uh, Us- <laughs> Usman Jang at 10 nice that's my that's my list all right I like it good work he gets good work he followed the assignment he followed the assignment <laughs> <laughs> he didn't insert the Knicks he didn't skip the 10th pick he didn't do fantasy anyway <laughs> All right, so my top four we all agree on. I didn't even, I mean, I didn't even bother matching them up with teams because who cares? They're all going to go on top four. I took the easy way out. So the two guys I think the Blazers would love to see fall to them are Keegan Murray first because, like you said, he's a legit, versatile 21 year old 
power forward who can also play some three. I think if he's there at seven, I think they would recommit. Well, not reconsider. I think they would think heavily about just keeping him and not moving him for a Jeremy Grant. I think for Collins, they probably still would do it because he's, because Collins is basically, you know, Keegan Murray same. four years out. He's the same thing, but proven. yeah, four years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> the other guy would be Shaden Sharp. I only say that because even though he didn't play at Kentucky and there's still a lot of mystery about him. Yeah. And a lot of people talk about, we don't know what his work ethic like. We don't know how he's going to respond to being under the bright lights or being asked to do a lot because we didn't see him play at a place like Kentucky in big games, which he would have played in big games because Kentucky went deep into the tournament. But my God, a 49-inch vertical, he can shoot it. He's athletic. He's, 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 I mean, when you watch him, he's so smooth and gifted. So what you're saying there is that, okay, Mathurin and Griffin have shown us something you know, on the big stage, and even Daniels played some G League, but they aren't as talented and gifted as Sharp. And I'm at the seventh pick where most seventh picks don't work out. And so I might as well roll the dice on the guy with the crazy upside. And I was told that during the workout, I asked someone, did he show off his 49 inch vertical during this workout at all? And someone said that there was a player at the workout who went up for a layup and was putting it off the glass. And Sharp came in and just jumped up and pinned that thing against the glass and brought it down. Like they said, it was quite impressive. Uh, his workout was impressive in many other ways as well. So for me, those two, if they're there at seven, boom, Blazers take them. I just don't think they're going to be there. I think they're too good. I think Detroit or Indiana take take them in some combination. And I think you end up with the Blazers sitting there looking at Mathurin, Daniels, or A.J. Griffin. I was huge on A.J. Griffin, but I was told his workout was Okay, like he didn't shoot necessarily all that well. He maybe wasn't as fluid uh, athletically as definitely someone like Sharp or even Mathurin or even Daniels. So I've kind of moved off of Griffin and I'm on Daniels or Mathurin. So going back to what I said about Sharp, who has the greater upside? Like Mathurin was Pac-12 player of the year. We kind of know what his potential is and it's really, really good. But Daniels, you know, he played in the G League as a 19-year-old. That's kind of a tough you know, thing to jump into. He was kind of up and down, which you would have, we would expect, but he's 6'8", can supposedly defend one through four, although I call BS on the four because a four in the NBA at 225, 230 is just going to go right through this 180-pound kid. But the one and two and the three, he's a ball handler. He's got shooting ability, athletic. I say you roll the dice on the kid with the more with the greater upside, and that's Daniels. So Murray, if he's there, Sharp, if he's there, if not, I'm going Daniels at number seven. After that, Mathurin, Griffin, Sohan, and Dern all go. One quick thing, I'm not taking Sohan or Dern. The people who are saying that are going based on need. They want to take the need guy. To me, you don't take a need guy at seven, especially two guys who are not brutal, but really, really not ready to play offensively. And although defensively, they flashed in college, they're 18 and 19. They're going to get beaten up and taken to the rack and see moves they've never seen before. No one in the NBA is afraid of Sohan or Duran as a defensive you know, presence when they're 18, 19. Just no one is. A 26-year-old veteran NBA player is going to laugh. Oh, please put that guy on me. So you're waiting for these guys to develop offensively and grow defensively, and they're not going to be ready to really have a major impact until Dane's passes prime and now the team belongs to Ant, and that doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm going with... The versatile wing guy in Daniels. And see. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I will say this. I I, I love Mathurin. He's, you know, they're basically the same age. They're both 19. I, and, but that's because I saw him. You know what I mean? Like it's completely right. and 
true. I mean, I, I have no idea. I did not watch the G League, so I don't know if Dyson Daniels is a true six foot eight tiny point guard kind of guy. You know, I mean, obviously right. that's uh, that. It, so I, I'm completely biased by what I saw and his attitude and his aggression and he's like he really did step up in the tournaments. So um, that bias is there, and that's why I'm not a scout. Um, and and I. So I see that, but I totally get what you're saying. I mean, a guy who's that big that could that could handle the ball uh, in a league where that's the kind of you know, if you get a Draymond Green type player, you're the then it changes what Damian Lillard could be. We we see that. I mean, I'm, you know, with Steph Curry and the Warriors, like if this guy could be six foot you know eight or whatever he is and bring the ball up and run the offense and guard um, you know one through three in the beginning and then one through four. I mean, right now the Blazers don't have a lot of guys who can guard the one. So uh, it would be nice. <laughs> Let's just be honest, right? Their two top players at that position are not known for their defense. And we've seen that. And before when CJ was there, that's that was big trouble. So um, the only thing I'll say is like we all have the, the Pistons, you know, grabbing um, a forward. And uh, other than me, because I was, you know, I'm, I'm, my world, they, they somehow pass on them. Uh, but if that happens, that that really that obviously helps the trade scenario for Grant um, because they'll be really they'll be very forward heavy uh, in Detroit, and it, that makes no sense if, for them to keep everybody. So it would certainly open up the possibility that the you know that the Blazers have um, more of a chance to to grab Grant. So. Um, yeah, it's awesome when you look at it. They're all awesome. Everyone's great, you know. Like, how yeah, could yeah. they? How could these guys go wrong? They're perfect. No, they're all, they're all future all stars and MVPs. Yeah. Just, I, just go I back would, and look at past drafts. Yeah. That's all you need to do. Look at past. And, and and let me just say, when I don't want any team that I root for or that I watch to to draft an 18 year old defensive player in this modern NBA because right. I don't know when they're gonna play. Like, if ever. I mean, it's just not the way it was. If you can't uh, shoot threes or create your own shot, it doesn't matter how well you play defense, you're not going to get minutes. I mean, it's just, there's just, there's no, I mean, I, I often wonder, Dennis Rodman was amazing, right? I mean, he he, he was a unicorn. Um, what 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 would happen, like, in this modern NBA? Well, you know, Draymond Green doesn't suit the three. He, but, but he can, Every, but everyone, he plays, all the good, but he plays all point the good guard. Teams, yeah, but all the well, that's even more of a concern. But, but all, I'm just no, but I'm just saying, like he have his a junkyard dog guy. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can pass. But all, all good teams have someone who's going to do some of the dirty work. You got to have a rim protector. You got to have someone who can, you know, finish at the basket, fly to the basket, dunk on people. You'd rather have him be able to step out. But I think there's a, I think there's value in having those guys. I, but I'm just not, ta- I'm just not taking one right there. That's all. You're talking about the guys like Matisse Thibel on Philly, who, yeah, hell of a defender, but. He didn't play he plays, in the playoffs. He, he was, plays eight minutes a game in the regular season, and in the playoffs, you can't even put him in. You know, at times because you, look, you just said Draymond, Draymond Green, a Hall of Famer. Yes, I believe he's a Hall of Famer. They pulled him in the finals for a guy, you know, because he couldn't play offense. It worked, and it worked because he was struggling. But Matisse is six five. He's six five. We're talking about bigs who can defend the rim. I'm just saying, it's just and, a and after, I don't want to defensive only. It's not the 80s. No, no. It's not the 90s. And so, 
I'm agreeing with you. Drafting an 18 year old because he's a you think he's going to be a defensive stalwart doesn't. I don't want that for my team. Good, good for somebody else. And if you're if you're already a 50 win team and you've been that close and you want you need that one guy that can maybe come in and shut a guy down. Great, but when you're in the lottery, don't do it. It's over. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. Anything else? We're good, right? Yeah, no, we got to action packed. Now it's the holiday, right? The NBA draft is like the holiday, and all the the thing is, all the gifts look great, and then just later on, you find out some don't come with batteries, <laughs> and your and your host, this this toy doesn't work, man. This stinks. and the stores are closed; you can't go buy any batteries. <laughs> this sounds like a personal thing right here. Yeah, and then, can you name the last uh, Knicks great draft pick? Because R.J. Barrett, man, I'm holding out hope, baby. Because <laughs> if, if not, you got to go back to like Charlie Ward, you know, first round draft pick that played. Not a lot of success. All right, this is uh, our final podcast before the draft. We will come back the Friday after the draft, unless there's some huge breaking news between now and then. And then if, if I can't get Craig on, I will jump on and do a quickie breaking news podcast or something like that. We will try and get Greg, of course, but Craig's so busy. Uh, I never say no to you. I've never long. said no. Well, you might be busy and we got to get it up. Thanks. But we definitely will we'll check on you first. Um, but if nothing, if there's no major woes bomb between now and then. Uh, we will be back on Friday after the draft to talk about extensively what the Blazers look like coming out of the draft. I'm Aaron Fentress. He is Craig Birnbach. Thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast.